You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight, we're talking about Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, with our special guest, John Bifus, film critic for the Commercial Appeal. Our dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. The middle children of history, man. No purpose or place. We have no great war. No great depression. Coming to get you, Barbara. We're on a mission for God. All right, sweethearts, you heard the man. Pull him out. Come on, let's have him. I will show you where I have made my home while preparing to bring justice. Then I will break you. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian. With me tonight, Jeremy Benson. Yellow. And special guest, film critic, John Bifus. Hello. All right, guys. Uh, we're all three here tonight. We're talking Batman versus Superman. Dawn of Justice. But be- before we get into that, uh, Bifus, uh, why-, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Uh, I'm the, the film critic for the Daily Newspaper in Memphis. Which is the unfortunately named Commercial Appeal. The Commercial Appeal. I don't know why they didn't call it the Memphis Daily News or the Memphis Tribune or something that would have been uh, been easy to uh, for people to understand. But they called it the Commercial Appeal, and it goes, you know, it goes back to before the newspaper dates back to before the Civil War. So I guess we're not changing that title. But uh, I've been doing the movie reviews and film and entertainment reporting for some twenty years now, and. Uh, as I always like to say, though, my first paid gig as a writer ever was when I wrote an article called Twin Titans of Terror, the co-starring films of Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi, and sent it to Forrest Ackerman and Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine when I was in high school. And to my surprise, he bought it. They bought it, and it appeared in issue 134, which had an <laughs> awesome Basil Gogos cover painting of... Lewis Hayward as the son of Dr. Jekyll on the cover. And uh, so they ran the thing pretty much as I wrote it and uh, sent me a check for $40, which doesn't seem like a lot. But when I see what freelance journalists are being paid now in 2016, (laughs) I think that $40 was actually pretty good back in 1974 (laughs) or whatever it was. So uh, that's that's more or less my writing history. Man, famous monsters! I, I I actually check that out still. It's uh, it's it's a good magazine. Yeah, it's still around, but it's a totally different entity. Basically, an entity now, different entity now. With but they own the name, sort of like how there's there's still a Stax Records that occasionally puts out a Stax record album, but it's you know it's not the same people involved, obviously. Yeah, I, I get their Godzilla issues when they release those. Yeah. Oh, really? So- you 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 get Godzilla stuff. Yeah, I have to say I'm very impressed, Brian, by this. is my first time to be in your sanctum, sanctorum. I don't know if I'm allowed to comment on the environment, but being (laughs) surrounded by this veritable armada of Godzilla figures and Gamera's and Gigans and Ghidra's and Star Wars characters and even as recently as a BB-8, many Batman, 
uh, Friday the 13th posters, et cetera, et cetera. That's pretty impressive. And not to mention the occasional art film like the Ron poster from <laughs> Kurosawa. So, you know, pretty cool. Yeah, we like to branch out. You know, we don't like to pigeonhole one taste yeah. here. You know, Let's just go through. Well, you guys want to talk a little bit about the controversy surrounding the movie um, first before we get into our opinions? Um, I don't understand the controversy. Like, I don't understand how this movie has a 29 on Rotten Tomatoes. And you're talking about Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Well, I understand it, but I I liked I was I guess I'm one of the rare I'm one of the rare uh, non splats on the Rotten Tomatoes side. <laughs> I have the fresh I have the fresh tomato by my face on there <laughs> for my Batman versus Superman. So you're, you're part of that 29% there. Yeah, I'm part of the 29%. I wish I was part of the 1% that controlled 99% of the nation's wealth, but I'm not. <sighs> yeah, me too. Yeah, but uh, Variety also, they put out an article that was uh, asking, you know, do, do critics even matter for these big box office franchises? Well, you know, that, that Variety article was that the Variety the Variety article you're referencing, which came out almost immediately, was yeah. was so tired and idiotic because it had nothing to do with really what the role of a critic is. A critic is not trying to build up or knock down the box office of any movie. And, and in fact, I think it was irrelevant. I think the fa- fact that Batman versus Superman has been such a huge hit so far has nothing to do with with critics being powerful or not powerful. It just demonstrates that tons of people wanted to see Batman versus Superman. I mean, they had bought their tickets. Many of them had bought their tickets before the reviews were even coming out. You know, the Friday shows, the Thursday and Friday shows were packed and sold out. And in fact, the box office actually did drop precipitously between Friday and Sunday. So the people who made it so huge to start were going to go see it no matter what. Yeah, but, I think it was more of success of marketing yeah, than anything. And I'm not dissing them for that. I think that's fine. I mean, it's just like Star Wars The Force Awakens, you know. It got good reviews, but if it had gotten bad reviews, it certainly would have, wouldn't have dissuaded the, all those people from going to see it the first weekend. Now, I think where the reviews might hurt Batman versus Superman is in the long run. That's that, what I was saying. Yeah, the, like if it had gotten great reviews, I guarantee you, there's no way to quantify this, but I guarantee you it would be making more money than it's going to make because a lot of people who who might be disinterested might decide, you know what, I'm going to go check that out. Every, the critics all say it's great. Like, you know, Mad Max, Fury Road, the best movie of 2015, in my Oh, opinion. my gosh. Uh, yes. You know, that made a lot of money. It didn't make Star Wars level money, but it made a lot of money. But I guarantee you it made a lot more money because of its great reviews than it would have if it hadn't gotten those great reviews. You know, so-called normal or mundane moviegoers would not have gone to a Mad Max sequel movie if it had gotten terrible reviews. But because it got great reviews, a lot of people went to see Mad Max that weren't going to go see Fury Road. I mean, I I personally know two people that have already texted and said, "Uh, have you seen Batman versus Superman? The reviews look terrible. I'm going to wait for DVD. What I'm curious of is how many of the bloggers and online fans that are going to see it that are hating on it are hating on it because... They want to seem like they're as smart as the critics. 
Yeah, I think you get a little bit of that followers mentality always, you know. And I don't think this is anything new. It's like you know, anytime we get a franchise material, I always feel like there's a little bit like, oh, the critics don't know what they're talking about, and then there's just you know heaping fanboy love for a franchise. I think you always get that a little bit. Well, my take. Well, Jeremy, I know you said you liked it. What did you like about it? I mean, I kind of went in expecting not to like it. I did. I did too, honestly. Can we? Can we spoiler? You wanna? You wanna spoil things already? You just wanna yeah. go straight into the? Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we'll play the trailer to cue everyone up that we are taking the gloves off. We're getting into spoilers. That's him right there. There he is. He's getting shot. Who's that? You must be new. That is Bruce Wayne. Mr. Wayne. Clark Kent, Daily Planet. What's your position on the Bat Vigilante in Gotham? Civil liberties are being trampled on in your city. People living in fear. He thinks he's above the law. The Daily Planet criticizing those who think they're above the laws. Oh, hypocritical. What'd you say? Considering every time your hero saves a cat out of a tree, you read a puff piece editorial about an alien. You could burn the whole place down. Most of the world doesn't share your opinion, Mr. Wayne. Maybe it's the Gotham City in me. We just have a bad history with freaks dressed like clowns. Boys! Mm. Bruce Wayne meets Clark Kent. I love it. I love bringing people together. How are we? Lex. Hi, hello. Lex, it is a pleasure. Ow, wow, that is a good grip. You should not pick a fight with this person. You know the oldest lie in America, Senator? That power can be innocent. You're gonna go to war. That son of a bitch brought the war to us. You know you can't win this. It's suicide. The greatest gladiator match in the history of the world. Son of Krypton versus Bat of Gotham. You're psychotic. That is a three-syllable word for any thought too big for little minds. It's time you learn what it means to be a man. Stay down! If I wanted it, you'd be dead already. Tell you what, I, one, one one thing I liked about this movie is to me, I thought this, and I don't necessarily think this is a a, a uh, endorsement and endorsement of Zack Snyder's direction or anything, because generally, like I tend to think of myself as a person who's not a big Zack Snyder fan. I mean, that's what I think in my head. But then when I think about the individual movies, I realize that. I have a false perception in my own head because I like Watchmen. I, I had like some Watchmen problems too. with it, but I actually like it a lot. Yeah. Well, Dawn of the Dead remake is great. I enjoyed uh, that. Yeah. Three hundred. I, th- I I like fine for what it is. I didn't really like. It, I didn't like. <laughs> I like I don't like Man of Steel. There's parts of Man of Steel I really like a lot. Like I think the Battle of Smallville, if that's what it's called. Is great, like the battle where the crypt, the Phantom oh, Zone yeah. Kryptonians are just tearing up the town. That's a fabulous action scene. I think the Superman's boyhood stuff is good, but I agree with everyone else that I hate the f- fight at Metropolis at the end with General Zod. Like I still don't understand why there wasn't a scene where Superman <laughs> tried to lure Zod 
to the Arctic or the desert or something away from the populated center. And then if you wanted to still have the city destroyed, you could have Zod just go down and kill like 10 people super fast and say, Superman, I'm just going to start killing people if you don't come back here and fight me in your city. Then you could have the fight in Metropolis. But as it was, to me, I still don't get it. Sounds like you here, Vincent. Exact same thing we've we've said. And so that still makes me mad. So, But in Batman versus Superman, it's almost like, they don't tell you enough about the fight in Metropolis for you to get mad about that if, if you don't already know what happened. Like, they don't really explain it. But here's what I liked about Batman versus Superman, if I can pontificate a little bit more. I thought the movie was really weird. In a, it was almost like the Mulholland Drive of superhero movies because the stuff that happened in it, like, if you know about comic books and you know about the, the DC Universe and stuff, you know that, okay, this is some foreshadowing of, like, Dark Side, you know, as minions or whatever. Right. This, is, this is the Flash vibrating in for a second. This is, this, that, but because none of it was really explained within just the separate context of watching Batman versus Superman, it was as inexplicable as when those little tiny old people walk out of the paper bag in, in Mulholland Drive. Like it was just like yeah. a weird <laughs> thing that had was totally disconnected. So to me, it gave the movie this sort of almost nightmarish, weird, hallucinogenic that we're on an earth where now a Superman exists. All the rules are off. Like anything can happen. You know, uh, Donald Trump can be elected president. You know, there's no, <laughs> nothing is impossible anymore. And so you can have this weird, inexplicable stuff. And therefore, Batman can become like a true, a truly psychotic person who brands people. And like normally, I would hate the concept of Batman being not just the dark knight but so dark that he would really just torture a criminals by branding them right but i felt like in this movie it was okay because i felt like the world was going psychotic because of it couldn't cope with this new knowledge of of that, that there were aliens who could literally destroy everybody if they wanted to you know and and uh so i, I thought that, that made it weird a weird an unusual movie and it also made it kind of cinematic in a almost surreal way. And I love the Marvel movies. I think they're great. But yeah. those movies are mo- much more straight than Batman versus Superman. Like, they're more like sort of like what people refer to as the golden age of television that's going on now with these, with these television serials, right. shows that everybody likes. But to me, Batman is Batman versus Superman is more like a movie event. Like it's a it's it's not something that could be episodes of a quality TV show like Daredevil or something. It's a weird cinema event because of just the epic nature of it and the climactic fight with uh, all the special effects going haywire and Doomsday is almost abstract. It's almost like this, the, uh, the monolith, uh, sp- you know, scene in at the end of 2001. I mean, the special effects are so wild and colorful and crazy. Again, it, to me, it's just part of this abstract world has gone insane kind of vibe. And that, this may not be what Zack Snyder was even intending. And I guarantee you, it's not what War- Warner brothers wanted their movie to be the stuff that I'm saying, but for me, it made the movie interesting and, well, and does, not a failure. It does make me wonder about, like, <clears throat> Snyder saying the DC universe that's coming out is much more filmmaker-oriented and the filmmakers get mm. to make movies that they want to make. 
But yeah, I was wondering the same thing. I was wondering if some of the critical response was that we're so used to the Marvel, there's, there's going to be some jokes, there's going to be an easy plot to follow, it's going to be kind of childish, but All it's right. a comic book movie and mm-hmm. we'll enjoy it. If this was just so far different and removed from that, that it's just hard to kind of swallow. And the Marvel movies are kind of dark, too, or the recent ones are, in that these sort of conspiracies that have destroyed S.H.I.E.L.D., you know. And, right. And in fact, all the movies, you know, The Winter Soldier was about uh, that S.H.I.E.L.D. was going to create this defense system, right, that was that was so dangerous that it shouldn't really exist. Then Avengers, the Ultron movie, was about Tony Stark was going to create this Ultron defense mechanism that was so dangerous it shouldn't exist. And now Batman versus Superman is about Batman thinking Superman, who is supposedly defender of the world, is so dangerous he, he shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed to exist. They're really the same sort of plots, but the but but something about the Marvel movies because of the charm of the actors and the witticism, like you say, just makes it more palatable. And the stories are much more linear. You know, the Batman versus Superman story, like I said, feels crazy, kind of. You know, and uh, well, it almost to me, it almost feels like an espionage movie, like a spy movie at the beginning. The way they're just cutting from all the stuff that's going on. You know, it cuts to Lois in Africa, and then it cuts to Lex over here right. doing this, and this is being found over here. And and it doesn't make sense when you think about it, even aside from the stuff I'm saying. Like, I like I saw somebody tweeted, if Gotham City is just across the bay from Metropolis, as is established in the movie, right. why didn't Batman go to the battle between Superman and General Zod and try to save people and try to help and try to help interfere or, or help Superman in the first place? Why did he? Why was he not involved in the first place if there was already a Batman stuff like that? But but to me, and there's other complaints you can make about stuff like that. But that's taking to me that's taking things too literally. It's like that's the same way in comics. You can't have a every time something happens in the world, all the characters go flying to that place to help out. You know, then every comic book would be Avengers or Justice League. You know? Right. I did have some right. problems with uh, Superman showing up and. And not showing up at certain times. I, I agree. There are some problems. It's harder I, I, I to have some of those. I think it's harder to accept that stuff in a movie than it is in a comic book because in yeah. a comic book it's just drawings and it's panels, but in the movie you're more you you have more of a feeling because that they're quote real people who who have existences that are more logical because they're really played by real people and everything. And yeah, I loved everything uh, in the film up until that point where. Uh, Lex Luthor pushes um, Lois Lane. Yeah, Lois Lane off the edge of the building. I, so you were thinking, why could Superman suddenly appear now, but he hasn't in other times? Or why can't he go get his mom? And like, I don't know. It just given because they they built up the conflict. I thought so well throughout the movie of why each one wants to stop the other. You know, they had those motivations to make Lex Luthor all of a sudden toward the end of the film kind of blackmail Superman into killing Batman, you don't really need that. Yeah, well, that's... that's he's also Superman. Why didn't he just go like, hey, hey, let's not do this, man. Yeah, I, I agree. It didn't make sense yeah. that you could kidnap Superman's mom and Superman not be able to just, like, use super... You know, it's like the stuff you bring to it, you know, why didn't he use his super hearing and just see where she was and fly in super fast and grab her? Why didn't... Yeah. Uh, why did Lex Luthor try to trick Batman... Well, if he's so, so like in some other, it would have been just as logical for him to create his own kind of Iron Man suit and use the 
in his own bat super bat armor suit and use the the kryptonite to you know or something like which would have happened in the comic book but then again you just have to go back to the fact that we're going to just accept this crazy comic book world and and everything is not going to make sense but I, that's the problem a lot of critics really had a problem with what they thought was the internal logic of the movie didn't make sense to them like and i do agree that stuff happened in batman versus superman that w- that was illogical on that level that i don't think would happen in a marvel movie where they try to be a little more quote realistic i think well Maybe i feel like in the marvel movies they get the character beats a little bit more right right they pay attention to those character moments and and that moment with lex blackmail and superman it just feels like you know i don't feel like superman would have done that i mean i'm not going to try to knock on snyder because i mean but i feel like that is his kind of like weak spot is those character beats and those and this that, is kryptonite it's that you know just yeah. like it's the the thing i pointed out to the people we went and saw it with my wife cries at everything we're leaving batman versus superman and friend asked what did you like and i said yeah i really liked it but i have one problem with it like snyder doesn't evoke emotion and into that movie should have been emotional and he goes, well, what do you mean? I said, Chris, did you cry at the end of Batman versus Superman when Superman is killed by Doomsday? She mm-hmm. goes, it was sad, but I didn't cry. And then our kids are just like immediately go, but you cry at everything. Mm-hmm. She cried at the Dark Knight Rises. She should have cried at this. Ow. Because it's called Dawn of Justice, I feel like everybody in the audience knows that he's not really dead. She should have been crying for Lois Lane. Lois doesn't know he's not really dead. I mean, but it, overall, that's kind of the like, problem with franchise movies. I mean, overall, yeah. like I was, there was one moment toward the beginning when when little Bruce Wayne falls into the, um, the bat cave, bat they, pit. They start levitating him. Yeah. And I was like, oh god, please, no, no, no. And then you know Ben Affleck comes on and says, "In the dream." I'm like, okay, thank God. <laughs> Pull it done. And honestly, from that point on, I was totally sucked in. I didn't get knocked back out until the nightmare sequence where, and then the flash thing. And I was like, what is, what just happened here? That's what I mean. That levitation scene is a good example of what I'm talking about, where I felt like Batman versus Superman was just in almost like this surreal mix of dreams, reality. Yeah. It it, it is a cool idea to like, that was kind of blending together and you couldn't really distinguish necessarily what was what, you know? Yeah, like overall throughout the movie, it was really cool to like get into Batman's head like that. I mean, you could have almost had. I mean, this people would have hated this as well. They should have, but you almost could have had the last scene be Bruce Wayne getting up in bed and going, "Damn, that was a hell of a dream." <laughs> the whole movie was just a dream, you know. So, uh, but but the movie. I mean, we obviously we've entered major spoiler territory since we just talked about Superman being dead. But like the movie again, standing on its own not knowing, just taking on its own, to have it end with Superman actually being dead would make perfect sense in the context of this movie and the other characters just kind of being like, oh, we're going to have to do something. The world's changed. We're going to have to do something. Like, like we know it's just a setup, like a part one. But if it wasn't, if it was just a made-up thing like Watchmen or some, you know, a standalone thing like Watchmen, it would make perfect sense to end as it yeah. did with the suit with Superman supposedly dead and a shot of the coffin and leaving you to wonder what's you know well I mean yeah because you I mean you've introduced the character of the Superman right what his effect on the world has been well, you know he's not dead at the end of the movie because you see the well yeah you know yeah. it but yeah I'm just saying that thematically I think it makes sense 
it does seem like I think people who are like big Superman and Batman fans, whether they like this movie or not, are like I think you can watch the Marvel movies and think these are great versions of these characters. But like to me, when you're watching Batman versus Superman, I don't. Well, I think Henry Cavill is great. Actually, I think he's a great Superman. But yeah, I don't too. think. Well, watching that movie, even though I liked it. I don't think this is the great version of these characters meeting. I just think this is this is another one. This is one of many millions of different versions of Batman and Superman that we've seen through the years. And this just happens to be the huge multi-billion dollar franchise blockbuster first time movie meeting of them. But I don't think that that makes it like, you know, this definitive version or superior version right. or anything. I just think it's another example. Whereas when I watch, like, the Iron Man movie, I kind of think, you know, I've read Iron Man comics. I've always I read them for millions of years, but this, this Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark is as good a version of Iron Man as I've ever seen, even going back to the Stan Lee, you know, writing days and et cetera. I think Henry Cavill has got, or Cavill, whatever, however you pronounce his name. Yeah, I don't know how you pronounce his name either, really. <laughs> There's a lot of baggage coming in with people wanting that kind of Christopher Reeve Superman to go the opposite, where, I mean, Superman in this is pretty brooding, where Christopher Reeve looks like he's having a blast. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's that uh, <clears throat> total shift for those eight, 70s yeah. and 80s movies. But well, if that's kind of the yeah. representation you're used to seeing Superman on the screen, this is sort of jarring. Well, you had Man and Steel to, to prep you before this. Damn, so. no, nobody liked that either. <laughs> yeah, I, I I will say this is way better than Man of Steel. I thought so. Like I thought Snyder definitely I learned so from too. some things. Um, he definitely got a little butthurt about uh, Superman destroying buildings and causing casualty because how many times did they bring that up in this movie? Like I, I saw heard That's at least the three whole inciting incident of the movie. You know, is that that Superman doing that and Bruce Wayne witnessing that. Which I thought yeah. was a really powerful scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was great when he's going into the dust cloud and everything with the car. Man, that was great. Although, I will say that I was watching the movie. I had my daughter here and my son here. And my daughter leans over and goes, well, if Batman's going to go save people, why isn't Superman trying to save people? I'm like, I don't. Just, just mm. watch the movie. Well, that's one thing. God I, was pummeling him at the time. Right. He was a little busy. Yeah. I wish I'd we gotten a little bit more of the Batman character because, like you know, we see Bruce Wayne saving people in the beginning of the movie. Right. It is kind of weird when we see him later and he's branding bad guys, like you said. And I thought a real interesting thing that they put in the news later was that like that was a, a death sentence in prison. If you yeah. got the bat branding, I thought that was really cool. But I would like to have seen like what made Batman go so dark. Like why is Wayne Manor burned down in the film? Like yeah, I think it just sort of hints that. He's had a rough twenty years. Yeah, I would have. I would have liked to have seen so this because you know this is our first introduction to this Batman. I thought I, Alfred I, was awesome. Jeremy Irons nailed it. I was okay. How do you guys feel about the cast in this? I was pretty happy with all the performances in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I thought the cast was was fine. I mean, I thought I don't think I agree with you that Batman was more kind of a, almost like a symbolic presence. I mean, I thought Ben Affleck was fine, and unlike a lot of people, I had no problem with Ben Affleck being cast as. Batman, he's hand, he's hand, he looks like a drawing of Bruce Wayne from yeah, the does. old comic books. I mean, cleft <laughs> yeah. chin, just a handsome kind of big square head or whatever. Kind of like in the animated series. You guys ever watched that? Yeah. He kind of looks like that. But, but I don't think, 
I don't think that he had that much to really do as a character, right? I mean, yeah. the only person he interacted with was basically Alfred, right? Other than well, he had uh, a couple, yeah, like one scene with Wonder Woman. Yeah, I, well, I, after the action got going, he had a little more, but like it yeah. was, he wasn't, he didn't have a uh, cast like the way Superman did. Now, I did love the scene when he was Bruce Wayne and he was going down into Luthor's like basement. Luthor's like. I don't know, a little henchwoman comes up, and she's like, you're not supposed to be down here, and he acts drunk. He's like, hey, yeah, whoo, nice shoes. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a nice little touch. <laughs> that was good. And I thought Wonder, I actually thought Wonder Woman was great. I thought all of her scenes were great. I thought Gal Gadot, or yeah, how you pronounce her she name, it. was great. I thought her Israeli accent, sort of, it has an exotic tone that at least for me is a hick american i think well that could be how an amazonian amazonian exactly. accent sounds i don't know you know so and i, I liked love, her music theme too i love yeah. the i love the moment where affleck's kind of our bruce wayne's grilling her about stealing the the file from him oh yeah and she said i didn't steal it i borrowed it it's in your glove compartment oh yeah and he has that look like oh i just got outspied mm-hmm. it's always the ladies that get to batman you notice that yeah, well, there was that one spot. scene, you know, where he gets up out of the bed, and you can see there's a woman lying in the I bed with him. I completely missed that. Oh, you did? Did I someone did. else mention that to yeah, you? Yeah, somebody or? else mentioned it, and I was like, yeah. and that was my wife mentioned it. She was like, you know, this movie was a little, for our nine and six-year-old, I was like, yeah, I mean, this, they've seen this stuff before. She goes, I don't know, that bathtub scene, and then Batman getting out of the bed with the wine bottles and the let girl laying next to him. I was like, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, that, ba- that, <laughs> bathtub that bathtub scene was like about... They must have they must have cut like at the exact frame every time to keep it there from being any real. Exposure. I thought that was really I, I would, awkward. I would really like to have yeah. that footage. <laughs> I like Amy Adams too. I still, to me, she's still not really Lois Lane though. I still think of Lois Lane as being like looking like being the brunette from the comics and everything. But no, I, I man, I thought that bathtub scene was really weird for for that to be in a superhero film. PG thirteen because this was so kid friendly. I felt it was it was real dark, but kind of kid friendly at the end. And yeah, I didn't think it was kid friendly at all. I, really, I thought the end was very kiddish. Like if I was fourteen, I probably would have walked out of the theater going, "Oh my god, that was the greatest movie I've ever well, seen." My nine year old said it is his favorite movie ever. Oh really? My six year old was a little that. disturbed when Superman was burning people in half. Well, it was a dream sequence. Well, but yeah, know. but how do you tell a six-year-old it was a dream yeah, sequence? Yeah, I don't think it was for kids. I, I really think it wasn't for kids under, like, age of 10 or, or maybe, well, your kid is nine. Well, your kid has probably seen a lot. I guess it depends how what yeah. the kids are seeing. But, but, uh, yeah, my kids but are. not, but, you know, but just the fact that, ba- I mean, I think the concepts of it were so dark that for kids who maybe have been watching the Bat- other Batmans and other Supermans, and then they see this one who's branding people, who's being really, really scary. Like the scene where Batman was first introduced actually was played very much like a horror movie scene where the yeah. guys went up, where the, I guess it was police officers who yeah. were in that room. Yeah, that was and awesome. So he was, be, so he was also beating up police or scaring policemen was his first people he was going up against. And, and plus, I don't think a kid, I mean, as much as me saying it was illogical, I guess a kid doesn't really care if it's illogical or not, but it seems like the plot would just really be a mayhem of of incidents that look cool to a kid. Because my kid going in knew that they were Superman and Batman were going to fight, but then they were going to be friends afterwards. Right? Like just going, you know. I think there's just so much, so much knowledge you bring into this movie. I feel like no matter what movie they would have made, they were kind of in trouble. Yeah. 
But you know, I would have loved yeah. it. I mean, in an alternate world, it would have been great if the, the whoever made the first big modern Superman movie was not Zack Snyder, and it had been like a more traditional, upbeat, optimistic, sunny sort of Christopher Reeve style movie, but with modern technology, more true to the comic books, and not with like a bumbling sidekick like Otis, you know, to to Lex Luthor right. and more like the classic Superman co- comic books, but that's not what happened. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. Got. So that's what, so you have to deal with what you've got. And I really, and do. I, thought, I like the idea that like, I like the idea behind man of steel. I think there's yeah, some cool, cool concepts there. I like the idea that now that Superman's here, the world is really worried about what, what should we allow mm-hmm. this guy to do and how that kind of weighs on him. Um, what I do miss is those moments where he is happy doing what he's doing. Although that, I love that moment where they blew up the Capitol and that shot where oh, it cuts yeah. back on him. He's just like, oh, there's no way this is going to look good. <laughs> oh, I thought that scene was great, man. I thought it was awesome. Like everything up until Lois Lane getting pushed off the building, I thought was, I don't think you can handle a Justice League movie, Batman versus Superman, this story set up the, better than this. It's, it's really weird. It was well like, done. Every review I read coming out of the movie, and, and it's the exact opposite. They hated the beginning. They hated the setup. But once Batman and Superman started fighting and Doomsday showed up, they loved it. Yeah, and some reviewers complained that uh, Bat- it was called Batman versus Superman, but they didn't really fight till like the last, you know, it took them like an hour and a half to actually fight. Or I'm like... What else would, did you think would happen? Yeah. Didn't you ever seen Frankenstein meets the Wolfman? They don't even meet till like the last Jason. five minutes. Yeah, Freddy versus Jason. King Kong versus Godzilla. It's, yes, it, like come King, on. Yeah, it's all about the build up and the sep- and the, it, then it's the climax. Is the fight is the right. climax? It's not know? like they're gonna go Batman versus yeah. Superman. Ding ding. Yeah. And they Guys, start at it. We're gonna have a three act, and it's gonna be all hugs and rainbows. Oh, yeah. And you know, just I mean, as a fan, like. I got really excited, like, when Batman turned the corner and hit Superman, even though I'd seen it in the trailer, like, seeing it in the movie and in the context, I got excited. Oh, man, that first meetup, that was when Ben yeah, Affleck, cool. his eyes are so big behind that mask, he's just like, oh, man, I'm so screwed. Yeah, because he, you know, he realized, the, oh, this is not how I wanted this to happen. I have to admit, though, I was a little bummed that, that it was pre- apparently... Batman would have killed Superman if if it wasn't for that Martha thing. I mean, he had super like it was really. I mean, am I not not remembering this right? That in fact Batman won the fight and oh, he was, could he have, was, it was, was his decision to kill Superman or not, and he didn't do and it. Then, but I just thought, and I was like, I was like, I mean, I like Batman better, you know, in general. But still, I don't really. What has Superman got if he can't beat up? everybody but then you think well i guess in this context you think superman has only been doing his superman thing for a couple of years as superman right in this world of this movie where batman has been batman never for experienced 20 Kryptonite. years or something you know yeah yeah never. they never yeah they never tell you how long batman's been batman or 20 years oh they did they yeah, did say they, 20 years yeah. we've been doing this for 20 years alfred Oh, and Superman that. had only put on the Superman uniform in for the first time fairly recently, ago, yeah. right? In the in oh, this world, true. in Man of Steel. And but you know, when Man of Steel was first, before Man of Steel came out, and those first teaser trailers were coming out, I mean, those trailers 
where it just kind of showed like the footage of Clark Kent wandering, but yeah. then the only Superman thing was that shot of him flying straight up and breaking. I was his so excited. That, yeah, that trailer was that was I the greatest was trailer so ever. Excited. You know? And oh. I'll tell you what else was the greatest trailer ever, Brian. Since you've got all this Godzilla stuff in here, to, not to go back to the Godzilla remake. But the Godzilla oh, remake trailer, oh. I really think, was the greatest trailer almost ever, and it and it hurt the movie because they repurposed a lot of the stuff in the movie was repurposed in the trailer to make you think they were talking about Godzilla. You know, say we'd have like Brian Cranston or whoever saying yeah. something like. They're going, you know, don't you understand? It's going to destroy us all. And you were thinking, man, this is really going to be the badass original Toho Godzilla. But then when you see the movie, it's already like a sequel. Like they're actually talking about the insect monster in many of these incidents, not of the things in the trailer, not Godzilla. So it's kind of a bummer, you know. I mean, I like the new Godzilla remake. I, okay. I really liked it, but Fine, I know what you yeah, mean but, about that trailer. But it wasn't. Was... Is that trailer made it look like it was going to be the most awesome monster movie since... You know, I don't know. Since what. Pacific Rim, seventh. Well, I was going to say Seventh Voyage of Sinbad or something, but uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. Pacific Rim was pretty awesome. Did you see that? <clears throat> that was that was pretty amazing. I lost my mind when I saw that one. Yeah, I saw Pacific I'm Rim. Still oh, warm. not yeah, fans. I'm mixed about. I'm not really. I'm lukewarm, I'm, I'm lukewarm about it. Yeah. Really? Oh man, you guys got to – All right, you guys are all. I think it's back. the worst Guillermo del Toro movie by far. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I really do. Wow, that kind of. It kind of hurts my heart, you guys seeing that like that. I know you. You knew that I was mean, my it's opinion. Good if you like it, I'm happy. Oh wow, <laughs> man! You guys need to go back and rewatch that movie. That's just I've a fun Saturday I watched it twice, and I was a little disappointed. The other big, the other big kind of controversy about the movie is Lex Luthor. Did he bother you guys? No. I I knew it was Jesse Eisenberg, and I knew he was having long hair. So, and you know how he acts in every movie so it didn't bother me i mean i actually think he's a i know he's as a persona or whatever i think he gets on some people's nerves but i think he's a good actor like for me like throughout the movie i kept thinking is he trying to play it like the joker but then at the end when he kind of reveals that someone else is pulling his strings i kind of got it at that point well he was more like heath ledger's joker than i agree than than any Lex Luthor. Right. But speaking of yeah. so-called adult content, did you catch the part where he said he had, was, had been sexually abused by his, or he implied he had been sexually abused by his parents or his father? Yeah. No, I missed that. So uh, that was a... What, what, hold up. What was that? What, what, was he was giving one of speech. his little speeches or to Batman or Superman or someone, and it was sort of like, it was like his, his, his brief little speech that kind of added some character back, you know, was it oblique when he was- backstory to explain why he was so psycho. But there was a lot of little adult moments sprinkled through it, like that were kind of just in passing that you could notice or not. And I think a kid would not, like a kid wouldn't pick up on that line. I miss a that kid line. might not notice the girl in Bruce Wayne's bed, or if she, if they did. It wouldn't mean the same thing as it would right. to an, a grown up. Oh, you know, he's got a friend and, spending the night. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, well, I, I didn't know that in the Michael Keaton when like uh, him and Vicky Vale hook up and have the one night stand. I I didn't know what was going on when I saw that movie. I was eight. I was eight years old. I didn't know he was getting yeah. drunk and having a one night stand. I had no idea. I was just like, oh yeah, you know, a little sleepover. You know, I loved the Tim Burton Batman when it came oh, yeah. out. I really loved it. But the last time I watched it, which has been a while ago. 
I did start to get bugged by some of just the sheer illogical things in that movie as well that didn't bother me the first 800 times I saw it. Right. You know, you know talking about Lynch Batman, that's one of the reasons I love Batman Returns so much. I think that's like... David Lynch Batman. Oh, man, Not that Lynch, movie is insane. You don't want to Lynch Batman. <laughs> you don't want to, like, hang him. You yeah. just... I remember yeah. when Batman Begins was coming out, and... I was like, "Why are they rebooting this? Like, this is just this is not that old. It's such a great movie." And then I went and saw Batman Begins, totally blown away. Right. But I was still kind of like with my conviction that it can't be as good as Burton's movie. And I went back and watched Burton's movie after seeing Batman Begins, and I was like, "You know, this is a lot more like, yeah, this isn't as good as I remember." It's still, I love the movie, but it wasn't as hardcore as I remembered it being. Yeah, well, when when the Tim Burton one came out, everyone said, like, this is Batman. This is the real Batman. They finally did Batman right. And now when you watch it, it has the stuff that happens in it, like when the Joker just pulls out that long-barreled gun yeah. and shoots down the Batplane. You're like, that's all it took, you know? And right. that Piece sort of, of shit stuff, the Batplane you know? was. Yeah. Dude, did you see how long the gun was? It was a huge yeah. bullet, man. I remember thinking, Or like, the fact that it takes, like, doesn't Batman know? I mean, hasn't the Joker basically told Batman when he's going to do this thing to Gotham City? But yet Batman waits around at Wayne Manor. You know? And then he's got to loop up, fly up, yeah. make his little symbol on oh, there. That was cool. But... Look, you got to have a grand entrance, guys. Like, come on. The guy already dresses up as a bat, okay? He's in the theatrics here a little bit. And I remember you know? thinking, like, oh, there's just no way anybody's going to do Joker better than Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Ever mind. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with the Eisenberg steps. Now, Shelton was pointing out that because he kept mentioning his father, Lex Luthor, and yeah, Shelton, he had inherited it. I mean, Shelton was telling me that he thinks this is Lex Luthor Jr. and that we still haven't met Lex Luthor. There's that's, something about during possible. the Doomsday comic book, Lex Luthor Jr. is in it, and he's got long red hair. That would be pretty big oversight if they just left out the fact that his dad was still alive. That's not an oversight. It was a. It was an intentional. He's saying it was an intentional decision. To I know, a, but why would you? If like, if his dad started the company, his dad was still around. Why would you make the movie and present it like he's the owner of? Because I mean, like he's controlling senators in this movie. Just for the record, I'm shrugging at this moment. Yeah, I mean, like I don't. know. I'm just proposing an idea that I mean, I I had I read the Doomsday comic like I guess maybe they're doing like some. He did say he was. He did say in the movie he was Lex Junior, didn't he? And they showed his name as Alexander Alexander Luthor, which. Remember if in the original introduction of Lex Luthor in the original comics, did they ever say Alexander at all? Or did they uh, always just say Lex? I mean I always know he was Lex. But you know, Luthor. Lex Luthor in the original comics, correct me if I'm wrong, but talk about how times have changed. In the original comics, isn't the reason he hates Superman is because Superman caused his hair to fall out when he like during like yeah, in, when something. Lex Luthor was first introduced in the nineteen fifties, I think, or before, whenever he was introduced, the forties, thirties, whenever. I think what happened was there was some incident where Superman wasn't able to save Lex Luthor from some chemical fire or something soon enough, and his hair fell out, and that's the his hatred is I'm bald, you know. <laughs> and now people shave their heads to be bald on purpose because it's fashionable. But I, I might be wrong. I, uh, millions of comic fans are now listening to me and saying that guy doesn't know we what he's talking about. But I think it's yeah, I wish there were two people are listening and thinking that right. guy doesn't, doesn't know what he's talking about. But I think it is something as retrospectively ridiculous as I hate Superman because I'm bald, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really follow Superman comics that much, but 
now that you bring up uh, Lex Luthor's motivations, what was his motivation for hating Superman? That he just hated him because he he was a god and that made him feel jealous. Was that the motivation for? I, I took for his the, plan. I took from the movie that some him outside force wanted all of the meta people or whatever you were calling them, Superman, Batman. The meta, meta humans is what yeah, they called them. In the, I think somebody wanted all of those dead. So Luthor was strategically planning to kill them all. Oh, so you think it's all... A dark side plan. So you think this? we're going to get more information and... I think more. What it, I, from what I took from the movie, it was a plan from dark side to get rid of any competition he would have once he gets here to take over and Lex has been promised something. Yeah, I don't think... I think within the context of the movie, not knowing any... Because the name Darkseid was never uttered or anything, right? I think no, not, I think not so. knowing any of that stuff, it seems like in the context of the movie itself, the only motivation was that Lex had some sort of unspoken plan to basically take over the world or take right. over the country's economy or something and Superman might thwart might was the only one who could thwart him and so he wanted him dead but yeah now that you're mentioning that I can't that is a you know I'm going to have to see the movie again because trying to think of what his real motivation now does seem like a huge gap in the in the movie or I, mean, flaw. I just took I mean from the I can Omega symbol that Batman sees and then when he's obviously studying the the meta people or whatever and then at the end when he says he's coming he already knows Superman's dead. Yeah. Have y'all watched the deleted scene they released? No. No, I'm Pull it that. up real quick. What's the what's the deal with that deleted scene? I don't know. I have no idea what that thing is. Kevin Smith, in his review, <laughs> named it. I don't know what the hell that thing is. Oh, so okay. Yeah, I don't oh. know what that is either. But it obviously sort of alien thing. points out that Luthor is communicating with some alien being. Well, I'm glad they didn't have that in the movie because it would have just been one more weird thing. And uh, <laughs> but but it's but the fact that they release it now is just. Seems just like more cynical marketing ploy to make give you something else to talk about, you know, or make you want to go see it again. And you guys were talking about like uh, the unrated cut or the R-rated cut that they're going to have. I bet you the R-rating is really going to boil down to a few profanities. And Snyder said that it's just he he said it's just a couple more violent. Yeah, maybe some more blood or something. But I'm the goddamn Batman. (laughs) I did love when I I usually would not. I don't know why, but I usually would not be happy like with superheroes cussing. I'll give a, I'll give man. I thought Ben Affleck did a great job as Batman, like mixing that I'm tough Batman with. He sees Doomsday, something he's never seen before, and he's just like, oh shit! I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I, to, man, I thought that was I thought that was perfectly fine, and I would rather have the superhero saying shit than eating a Burger King burger for for a promotional tie-in as Tony Stark. <laughs> 
did for about five minutes in one of those Iron Man movies. Iron Man and, 2. And even and even just spoke about it and said, like, it just, like, sort of talked about it and said, this is better than, I would rather eat, didn't he say, like, I'd rather eat this than anything else or something? Yeah, I'm something like, if that's like that. really, are you trying to say you're, like, your taste is as bad as, like, Donald Trump's or something, you know, <laughs> in the millionaire sweepstake? I mean, if I could eat McDonald's every day, hand yeah. me that $5 bill. What would you guys think of the new Batmobile? I thought that looked pretty amazing. I was a little worried about. I thought it was a lot of fun. I love yeah, the part where he, he hooks the car and drags the car along. Yeah, the guns yeah, on it. The new Batmobile was pretty cool. But I have to say, I think one of the best scenes in any of the Batman Christopher Nolan trilogy is that long Batmobile chase of the truck where they go under the oh. overpasses and everything. And, the and, and just comes the out. sound. That is some of the best. Uh, kind of science fictional or whatever you would call it, sound effects is just the sound of that Batmobile and those wheels and it's the way it turns and stuff. I mean, that is really some great stuff there. Do you when you when oh, you yeah. first went to see The Dark Knight, the second Nolan movie, right? Did Did you like it when you first seen it? Or yeah, I loved the, the Dark Knight. I I'm not the hugest. I have actually have some problems with Batman Begins. So like me. I like yeah. it, but I have some problems with it. I but I thought The issues. Dark Knight was was great and was a huge leap over Batman Begins. Completely agree. And it almost seems and it almost f- seems like that that it wasn't so planned out either. Like there's a lot of I don't know if discrepancies is the right word, but the Gotham City in Batman Begins is a little more gothic-y and Tim Burton-esque almost, didn't it? And then in, yeah. by, by in Dark Knight it's more like a normal a real city. Right. But like I love from the comic books, I loved Raz Al Ghul, and like I bought those first comics uh, when they first came out, where Neil Adams drew them, and they were so awesome. Tale so of the Demon. I didn't really like personally. I thought it was a waste of that character to to to, to the way they it worked in the context of the movie, but it was disappointing to me because I thought the character. I wanted the character to be more like a real super, like Fu Manchu super villain kind of character. I like they brought him back kind of in the third one. It it, it makes like him the nice undercurrent villain throughout the trilogy. I did like that. They kind of made up for that a little bit. Yeah, I just remember going to see that movie and that being one of the like first superhero movies that really just. You mean Batman Begins? The Dark Dark Knight. Knight, Yeah, the one that just really made me go, "Holy crap! They can make these like." Really amazingly good movies, right? And yeah, no, I think the Dark Knight is by far the the best one. So that brings me to my question: Do you think people are going? You asked this earlier, going in with baggage into this one, wanting it to be more like Nolan's. Oh, I mean, I did. I thought that's my Batman. You know, that's the one that I latched onto. I think it's like comic, cinematic interpretation meld of genius. It's got that perfect balance. I don't know. We'll see what Ben Affleck does, but uh, that 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 Batman could be good. But right now, it's well, just anecdotally. It's too soon, right? I mean, just at work, just anecdotally, the people who've told me they've seen Batman versus Superman have been split almost fifty fifty on saying it sucked or it was awesome. You know, they basically have they none of them. I don't think have said eh, it was okay. They all either said it was terrible. Or it was totally awesome. And I'm talking about just like people who are more or less normal moviegoers who go to see action movies. You know, not not like people who only go to see 
you know, Merchant Ivory films or something. But people go to see mainstream <laughs> blockbuster Why is Merchant action, Ivory always the exact movies, opposite. but you know, but they've been really mixed. So, but I thought that was probably for the sake of the movie is probably a good thing that they weren't all saying it sucked, you know, right. in terms of the Yeah, I've noticed it's it's either it was I liked it or I hated it. But it'll be interesting to see what kind of a backlash develops because you know the conventional wisdom on these type movies really does just like everybody is sort of uh well like a good example being like the james god is that his name james garfield spider-man movies which now everybody seems andrew to talk garfield. andrew garfield andrew yeah, garfield yeah. Right? james garfield like that's the president like the assassinated <laughs> president uh yeah the andrew garfield which everybody seems to be down on now but i don't remember people saying talking bad about them at the time they were new just kind of going like yeah whatever you know i liked those movies you know, yeah you really yeah. liked those didn't you? i did they i really okay, enjoyed them but i think i really just liked his characterization of spider-man like I I, his characterization i really was, got was into it you know but like that that's that's gonna be uh pretty soon is gonna be as oft dramatized as the murder of bruce wayne's parents i mean i read somebody no, said like by the time the average child in the united states is Ten years old, they have seen Bruce Wayne's parents murdered twelve times or something. You know, it's like they wanted to make sure you knew his name was Martha, because mm. if your mom's name is Martha and my mom's name's Martha, yeah. then we're soulmates. Well, people we have, have really made fun of that twist too. I totally got that. That was the moment Batman was like, "Oh, he's not this like untouchable and, god. And, he's and, a person." And here's the thing: we're probably talking too long about this stuff, but. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think about replaying the murder of Bruce Wayne's parents. Why I think it was justifiable for this movie, aside from the fact that Zack Snyder wants to pretend that, or has established the conceit that this movie, this is the first time Batman has ever been seen in my this universe, universe of these movies. Yeah. So, in theory. We need this information to explain him, so we're going to show the murder again. But aside from that, there, the movie there's two inciting incidents that for the movie that that are presented in parallel. I think even intercut. Maybe I'm misremembering. For Bruce Wayne, one is the murder of his parents, and that's what transforms him into Batman. The other one is the collapse of Wayne Tower. So these are the two things he witnesses. That are intercut, I think, in the movie. But in any case, they're both at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, they're and right th- back to back. And that's the other. Th- and the collapse of Wayne Tower is the other traumatizing incident that he witnesses. That so the first one turns him into Batman. The second one turns him into the psycho Batman that goes through the rest of the movie until he hears that Martha that kind of flips him back into a more, quote, normal Good guy Batman. Batman. When he enters, I mean, it's obviously supposed to be like the collapse of the Twin Towers, right? When you see Wayne Tower collapse. Yeah. That smoke is just like the collapse of the Twin Towers. There's and no he goes into it. it. And so that's kind of like a parallel, too. Like, nothing is, like, like life in the United States has totally changed since the Twin Towers fell, right? And I think you're supposed to think on this There's more n- silly level, life in this world has totally changed since Superman has arrived and caused this destruction. I mean, yeah, I mean, they even telegraph it with um, the day the world was introduced to the Superman. So, I mean, they're they're hitting heavy that this event changed everything, especially Bruce Wayne. 
And then these, and then the thing in the Middle East is Superman's Benghazi, right? I mean, they're having these congressional hearings, and they're telling Superman, "Come here, you have to testi- testify." We're having all these hearings about this Middle Eastern incident, you know, and and so that's another like current events kind of like tie-in thing. Yeah, I was, you I, know, I, I was reading online some people complaining that they thought Superman killed that guy. That Lois, you know, Lois holds her hands out. Superman grabs him. Oh, dude, that guy's dead. Yeah. And they had a problem with Superman killing him. Like it never even dawned on me. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, well, the guy went through like fifty walls or something. Well, I think in general, I will say I think in general the killing that goes on in movies is way too much. In these sort of like, if you think about when you would see an old movie, if unless it was a war movie, people like what was I like? I was just watching Divergent. Uh, th- did you everybody see Allegiant, the most recent Divergent no, movie? I haven't no, seen I haven't seen okay. Well, that's a movie. So here you have these teenagers, and they are in this feud dystopia, right? But when they go around doing stuff, they're just killing people right and left. And it's kind of like the old thing about, oh, these guards and the Death Star, these contractors and the Death Star, <laughs> right. they don't deserve to die. But it's a sort of a similar thing. They're just basically killing their peers who happen to be like youths on the other side or, or even adult, young adults, whatever, guards. But... It used to be that if you had this kind of a movie and and they were doing sneaking through some super some secret futuristic fortress, they were knocking people out or or doing a, they or weren't trying just to ki- not be seen. they were trying that they weren't just killing everybody. We were talking about know? that. In, with, was it The Witch or some other movie where they actually acknowledged that the person was killed and they the witch because like she grieved over it and we're like how often people just get off in movies and they're like oh well bob's dead yeah and i don't know if that's a video post video game kind of thing or just a post uh callousness of life i feel like that was snyder trying to separate himself from what because the nolan batman they made real clear sure that that's the one rule he doesn't break. They kept repeating that over and over throughout that. I feel like Snyder is just making his Batman. Yeah, I mean, even Bane said, you're going to have to break your rule. Yeah, he doesn't. And Catwoman, Catwoman does. though. <laughs> she's like, I have no yeah. rules. Uh, well, you know, hey, she's kind of a bad guy, kind of a good guy. You know, mm. so they're, they're – I don't know. I feel like Snyder was definitely doing some things to separate his Batman away from – Yeah, I mean, honestly, right. no, I, I never even thought that, like, that guy was dead when Superman hit him, like – because I didn't see what Superman could have like turned around or something. He oh man, I thought that or... was I thought that was fucked up. And they kept the guy, uh, guy taking the pictures, the Jimmy Olsen like yeah, Jim. It, that is Jimmy Olsen. Oh, I no, it's not. He's credited it, it, in the he's credited in the really? credits. As well, James Jimmy Olsen, Olsen is in the movie, but I wasn't sure if that was. I him, thought that was doesn't a that CIA. guy get killed or something? Yeah. yeah, he gets taken out like right yeah, there. I don't think that was the guy who's supposed to be Jimmy Olsen in this new movie. I think. There's a I, continuing character that's going to be Jimmy. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But then, like, I, I, I thought that was weird because, like, Lois didn't know he was CIA, right? It's like, yeah, she's she completely unaware of this whole op. Right. Like, I, I didn't even, I didn't realize. I read the name James Olsen. I was like, whoa, I miss Jimmy Olsen. But then I was watching Kevin Smith thing, and he he pointed out, like, that guy that oh, gets. So he said <laughs> that guy was Jimmy Olsen? Yeah, he said, so if you're looking for Jimmy Olsen, he's there for about. Two, three seconds. Well, that's a waste of Jimmy Olsen. Didn't they just did they introduce kill him? Jimmy Olsen and Man of Steel? Wasn't there like a no? His sister Jane Olsen. Oh, I thought they. Yeah, I thought that was like. So they recast. I thought they recast that part uh, as a female. No. No. Oh, yeah, oh. that's what I thought too. I guess. 
Well, if it that's Jimmy really, Olsen, that's To me, that's crazy. it really felt like the beginning of this, like, for most of this movie, Snyder was making a pretty adult. That's my problem, right? Like, it, it's super grimdark. The beginning, like you said, espionage thriller. It is more adult fare, and then that you switch know, at the well, last half you know, is Superman so Superman having the, that weight of the world doesn't trust me, and yeah. some of them want to worship me. None, you know, right. none of these are themes that kids are going to really understand. Right. They should have saved Doomsday and I the just, death of Superman. I really for just movie, wish, man. like, on just the emotional stuff, he would just like call in his executive producer and say, "How do, how do I make that work?" Well, I do think it's weird that they gave I, that Zack Snyder was the one who was given the keys to the DC Kingdom. I, you know, I still think it's a weird. Even though, like I'm saying, I like this movie. I think he made a cinematic, unusual movie. I think it's just a weird decision that they that this is the guy they put their fortune in. Yeah, to, you know, I mean, yeah, no, the guy that did Watchmen. You're gonna give. Batman and, and Superman, it doesn't seem like that that person should exist, that they made both those movies. Like Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Now, that looks, that looks interesting. That looks, that looks batshit crazy. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that, just to see how off the wall it is. And apparently, according to Snyder, the Warner Brothers is letting the filmmakers kind of take it in the directions that they want visually. Ah, yeah, I, I did tell you this the other day. Like, as far as, like, the, the idea of Justice League, I've never really been behind it. But this movie actually kept me interested enough that I kind of, all right, I want to see how they all come together now. Um, so I'll give him props. I like the movie. It's not a perfect movie, but how yeah. often are superhero movies perfect? I'm already thinking I probably won't like the Justice League movie, just like I was thinking I wouldn't like Batman versus Superman. <laughs> me too. But I liked it, so, you know, what you going to do? Yeah, I remember the first yeah. trailer for Batman vs. Superman came out, and I was like, oh, this, I did not think I was, I was like 100% against this idea, I don't want to see this, just give me a really good Man of Steel 2. And then the trailer came out, and I was like, okay, I'm kind of sold on this, this looks awesome. Well, they're already going right to King Kong vs. Godzilla, right? Isn't Legendary doing that? Or Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's like there's no patience anymore for... Well, we're going to get another Godzilla movie. Oh, there's going to be another Godzilla movie yeah, before? They're, they're doing uh, Kong, Skull Island, and then doing oh, Godzilla yeah, they 2. Are doing Skull Island, yeah. And then the third one will be King Kong versus but See, Godzilla. that's what I'm saying. So. Again, not to belabor the point. They screwed up the first Godzilla movie, which I like, the, by making it a sequel already. Godzilla versus, I forget the name of that, Mega, whatever it was. It was, just, it was called they The Muto. Should, what was it called? The Muto. Yeah, well, they should have just had it be a Godzilla movie. Then the next one could be another giant monster for him to fight. And then the third one could be the King Kong, you know. But Man, I, I, I don't know. I needed that monster-on-monster monster action. I needed that uh, need that atomic breath for that Godzilla movie. You know, that I just was... wanted him stomping oh. buildings, you know. That trailer did make oh, you so... think that it was going to be like military trying to stop Godzilla. Yeah. It, it, hit, it, hit, it the, hit the nerd spot for me. I needed giant monsters fighting on screen. Especially after that last Roland Emmerich, uh, was it Roland Emmerich, uh, yeah. where he, he, it's just man, that wasn't even Godzilla. He's just going around stomping buildings. It was yeah. boring. All right, so Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Batman, I liked it. I think you liked it. You I liked, liked it. I know oh, I liked it. I just, I just had some problems with the so end. We are the. Yeah, I would I would give it a I'd give it like a six point five out of out of ten. You know, it was it's good. I don't I'm not gonna go see it like. Three times in the theater, probably, but I'll go see it again. You know, yeah, I definitely want to see it again to see if I was crazy when I liked it, or to see if I wasn't crazy. <laughs> and you know, know, like everybody that online that said they've seen it again liked it more the second time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I'd like to like it more. I want to go see it. Well, I think movie, I think ideally <clears throat> you should, every movie should be seen twice if you didn't hate it. Agreed. You know, because you really, that second viewing is really helpful. But you just yeah. in the re- but in the real world of time, you just don't have time to do that with every movie. But you know, you know, and sometimes yeah. even if you hate a movie, I think you should give it a shot. No, yeah, if you think it's a worthwhile movie or a filmmaker you respect and you don't like it, then you should give it another shot for sure. Well, time is the great healer. Every movie looks almost looks better after time has gone by because you've seen so many terrible movies since <laughs> it came out. But also, you're just more forgiving. Like John Carpenter's Re- Village of the Damned, terrible movie. I, th- I think it's still terrible, but but it just came out on on Scream Factory on Blu-ray. I'll watch it. I'll probably think, you know, this is still terrible, but it's 20 uh, years old now. It's John Carpenter movie. What do I care? I'm happy to watch these kids killing people again. You know, what I mean, we're talking about that uh, next week or the week after. All but, right. So all right. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming I gotta, out. We know where people can find you, uh, website, yeah, commercial and all that commercialappeal, com and gomemphis.com. You can find all my reviews or look me up on Rotten Tomatoes, John Bifus, or Google me or whatever. There you go. Whatever the new cool internet thing to yeah. do is. All right, guys. It's been right. real. Thanks. We're out. Awesome. And if you guys want to get in touch with us, uh, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E, extra E at the end, at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at moviecrewpod. That's our Twitter handle. Uh, We're on Facebook if you guys want to follow us. And as always, guys, if you could leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, that would help out so much. That would be so cool if you could do that. We like to leave the show with a little bit of the soundtrack. Tonight, we're going to play track 11, titled, Is She With You? Wonder Woman theme. This is by Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL. Enjoy. Enjoy.